Everyone, hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in dining room studios with the one and only Andy Kindler. Hello. It's great to be in the dining room. I've heard all about it. I've, I've done your kitchen show, mm-hmm. done your vestibule cast. Right. It's in the East Coast word vestibule. My parents have one. I just just earlier tonight, producer Jeff referred to the space outside the door as the vestibule. I can't even believe that. What are the odds? That means there is a God. There you go, new atheist. Yeah, take- you can click off the internet now. I'm saying there is a God. And yes, I am saying it is an old man in the clouds. I just found out with white, a white beard. Do you actually believe in God? I believe in God, but when I use the word God, I use it how I thought many people used it uh, to describe something you can't explain and it's purposely the word is something you can't put into words. So it's the other side of your brain that isn't thinking. It's the side of your brain when you're playing music or you're doing cobbledy like me when I'm in the zone <laughs> and you just feel like you've lost your mind. You know, maybe uh, the character of Andy Kindler in his younger days may have uh, taking some mushrooms, maybe mm-hmm. the character, not me as a person right, no, for insurance no. purposes. <laughs> and uh, you would, uh, you know, when I was in college, you, you know, uh, we take acid, and we would, uh, it would be a, we called it spiritual back then, before it became illegal to use the word spiritual, before we had to go underground mm-hmm. into the underground areas. So, uh, <laughs> I do a podcast from there too. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't know why my voice. It's just on a show I do have dynamics. Yes. So that's what I call, uh, and do I know that? I love when people ask themselves questions. So, do I know it? Ex- no. <laughs> I don't believe I have feelings and insights, but I don't know anything. And also, it's not against evolution. That's the thing. Uh, your new atheists are like fundamentalists. They, mm-hmm. Yes, we all agree. I can't believe I'm defending religion after all these years. I'd be one of the first people. Did the character of Andy Kindler used to be more anti-religion? Well, I would make jokes about religion, and when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these new atheists are, are stuck in. They're still they're just like they're twelve years old. Oh yes, it's very black and the, white. The Bible isn't literal. Yes, we all realize that now. So once you go past the yes, we don't believe in fundamentalism, then uh, I believe you, you should let people be whatever they want to be. I don't know why I have this voice. I'm usually a man <laughs> of a million voices. I, have you heard my very old man character? No, but I would like I'm to. I'm a very old man. I don't get any parts in cartoons except for my regular voice because of uh, my old man character is on my reel, and it's terrible. I'm so <laughs> old. Oh, my bones are creaky, for I am old. No, all I can do is me, and me is a Jew, mm-hmm. even more Jewish. <laughs> Well, maybe, do you think even when you are an old man, you won't get the old man roles? I am an old man who, well, li- an older who man. lived in a shoe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've heard about I your wife. I think that uh, my wife, Mrs. Beardsley, good night, everybody. <laughs> um, no, well, the thing is, the business is good for, is good for women as they age. 
It's fantastic, but not mm-hmm. for men. No, um, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a sarcasm, whatever you call it. Yeah. No, I think I can, uh, you know, it's a horrible business that we're, that we're in. Uh, I'm not really in the business, but I can see the campfires. <laughs> I have communicated with the people in the central area. And it's ageist. It's sexist. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a man with a dream like me and my acting chops, <laughs> you kidding me? They call me the John Lithgow. <laughs> I often I of? overact so much. Well, I'm just because he overacts so much. Mm. Uh, I don't like the way. Uh, I kind of want my comedy screamed at me. All right, I get it. It's the third rock from the sun. Anybody else know these old references? Third rock from the sun. Believe it or not, was a popular show. Just like years from now, nobody will remember. In fact, my joke about this is uh, the way they you know they have they they have to induce a medical coma sometimes mm-hmm. uh, for medical purposes. Right, the way sure. they do it is they force you to watch two episodes back to back of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> and How I Met Your Mother, ten years from now, there won't be a person alive who remembers having seen it, won't remember what it's about. And it's the same thing with Third Rock from the Sun. My sister, who has good taste in things, in that it's very similar to mine, therefore I think we both have decent taste, confessed to me that right. she likes How I Met Your Mother and she thinks I should check it out. And I felt a little bit like I don't even know who you are anymore. It's yeah. weird how I have that. I don't know who's in the wrong there. I would. Is your sister sister? Or that, it's not a half sister? No, she's. <laughs> I, I love when people say that. It's just my half sister. Oh, well, then uh, please continue to disregard her. <laughs> No, I think you should full. cut. I think you should. Well, I think you should cut her off okay. uh, emotionally. No, you know, I have to say, I have to admit, I don't want to admit this. But I do have some friends also who like that show. Maybe there is something to it that we're not open to. Well, you have to. I think the way to do it is you have to watch it a lot, which means you have to really. <laughs> it hurts to get I can't, into it. Yeah, I don't. Who? Well, who cares? I don't care how he met his mother or who met his mother. Is it Bob Saget's mother? Eventually, it's no. It's Bob. No spoiler alerts for those people still (laughs) waiting for it to come out on DVD again. I think what it refers to is he's telling his kids the story of how he met their mother. That's like My Name is Earl. It was a premise that you could sell the network. Mm -hmm. This is how why shows in general blow. And I don't, I hate to use a language like that, but I know we're on a podcast. Right. Uh, So they go, uh, okay, here's the show. And then the executive's listening because he has to take that idea and pitch it upstairs. Here's the show. It's about a guy who has to make amends to a lot of people. Every show he makes amends. My name is Earl. Here's my list. Boom. Then he sells it. Perfect. You could describe it in one sentence. Beautiful. Until it gets on the air and uh, two minutes in. Why do we? He's going to keep going down that list of people he makes amends to. And it's the same thing as How I Met Your Mother. It's funny for 45 seconds. Let me tell you. Let me tell you kids a story. All right, next week to continue. Where was I nine <laughs> years later? That's a sweet gig. That Sag was it. Sagan on that one. He did the voiceover. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. And then Patton's got the thing with the Goldbergs. Why can't oh, I, I yeah. nail myself some incredible? You want to hear my narration? Yes, please. Well, I mean, I didn't know whether she liked me or wanted to punch me in the groin. I don't know if that's popular this kind of thing mm-hmm. is that what they would talk about yes that's that there's a great need for that for that kind of now kind of narration there's this there's the debbie you knew and then the debbie you didn't know that's the one that i met see that's, what you have to do in the <laughs> right. that's the one that i met andy can you take that again and just a little bit more you know have a little more fun with the second one that's the one that i met 
The worst thing I ever had to do, and I've had to do a lot of terrible things. I dressed up like an inflated globe for Comedy Central once. What was that for? It's for a campaign, Just Say No J, during the OJ trial. I'll never forget this my whole <laughs> life because it was so shame-inducing. Mm-hmm. It was some kind of uh, contest that Comedy Central was doing, and uh, I need the money. Let's not kid ourselves, and uh, like we normally would. I had I thought for some reason in my head because I was trying to justify that I'd be wearing a globe on my head, but no, I was dressed up like I think it was a Pee Wee Herman character called Globy. So I was all inflated, and it's like a nice. Uh, they have a thing, a fan in there. I don't oh, that's know if you've nice. Been, done any of that kind well, of work? Well, I have not, but it's funny you mention this because Scott Ackerman was just on the podcast, and he was talking about how when he was young, he worked at Knott's Berry Farm in Disneyland, and he once got trapped in a cost. Like in those days, they didn't have the cooling system <laughs> inside the costume, so you could only be in the costume for like five minutes at a, at, the, at a time. Right. But he got trapped in the park, and he couldn't find the backstage. Oh. Um, but anyway, so I just recently became aware of the cooling system in these yeah. giant. Costumes. Well, it's changed the it's changed the field dramatically. <laughs> it's made it's it's made everyone want to go into it. Right. The thing that was so terrible about it was that it was during the OJ trial and the uh, the ostensible the ostensible uh, goal of the campaign. I just wanted to use the word ostensible. I, was, I love it. I love it myself. Was to make fun of the OJ. Uh, circus atmosphere mm-hmm. but it really didn't and I'll never forget because I kept thinking am I going to see like a family member of someone kill, you know walk in and have to go by but I did have to see this guy the CBS News guy and to this day every time I saw him walk by me and I imagined he gave a little mm, it's so sad he may have not had that but every time I watch him every single day I watch him or if I watch him I have all I remember you feel like he's still judging you I remember it like it's yesterday. It's another uh, one of it's. I'm almost worried I'm going to have too many shameful events, and how I keep them all in order. So that was terrible. But then the the, the this voiceover I was a uh, did a, uh, a campaign for El Pollo Loco where I was in the. Uh, it's just a terrible. Who cares what the setup is? But anyway, I had to a voiceover where I had to say El El Pollo Loco, food you can get fired up about. <laughs> So I'm not kidding. We did a hundred takes, mm-hmm. and then at one point the guy says, uh, uh, "Can you make it a little more conversational? Uh, when exactly would that come up in a conversation? <laughs> uh, the food? Oh yeah, the food is. Uh, it's uh, you get fired up about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? How would I just? I don't know why he's Leno. Hey, here's something. It's food you get. It's food you get fired up about. Yeah. Maybe the campaign was terrible, and and the guy didn't want to. That's the thing that happens whether it's on TV or commercials, they don't ever say, you know what, maybe our idea sucked. They just keep, like that Jack in the Box commercials. That's mm-hmm. Nobody's eating Jack in the Box because they're seeing that stupid styrofoam head. Yeah. They're Ooh. eating it despite it, in spite in of it. In spite of it. Yeah. In spite of it. And I don't know if this is true or if it's something I've made up in my own head, but I really kind of think it's true that this guy auditioned the whole town for this, <laughs> and he ended up going with his own voice. Uh, does that sound right? And so when you hear that, you go, oh, I can hear it. I, none of these people are right. I can hear it as if it was coming out of my own head. You know what? <laughs> I'm styrofoam head guy. This is my chance to go from behind the camera writing the copy, which should be enough, to being the guy, not on camera, in a styrofoam head. That guy, <laughs> we pay him very little. 
because he doesn't talk. Maybe we, we rotate him. But I get the, the, the residuals forever, and I'm the uh, campaign guy, ad guy, so I just keep telling him it's doing amazing. Do you think he's like, boy, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself? Yes. Yes, it's exactly. It's he one sounds of, like an asshole. He's an a, well. I don't want to say that because that guy could come tomorrow and be one of the ten to twelve to fifteen people who I'm afraid will punch me in the mouth. That's all I'm scared about. I am <laughs> the guy who's not afraid to say anything, but then I don't want to be punched in the face for mm-hmm. it. Have you ever been punched in the? I face? I have not been punched in the face yet, but I know it's going to happen. You know, it's I kind of t- a rite of passage, right? No, no, that's not the way to look at it at all. Okay. It's I look at it as <laughs> no lady who might never have to be in a fist fight. Ooh. You don't know what it's like out there. <laughs> okay. In the jungle. <laughs> was that misogynist to say that? No, I, I always think, think so. if I was a woman, I wouldn't be as scared that someone was going to dr- fight me. Although I haven't. Wouldn't well, you be afraid of other things, though? No, but you know, I've been watching. My, uh, my wife and I enjoy The Real Housewives. I mean, we don't enjoy it, but we can't stop watching mm-hmm. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And they got that brandy on there. And she's like a bully. She's a podcaster as well. Yeah, have you heard her podcasting? No. So great. Which they do it on the show. And she's like, this is the way they, they, they almost they all are in that show. It's like, you know, I, I like to be, have energy. And so if podcasting gets me where I'm going, then I'm certainly along for the ride. As if, you know, it's like as if, yes, yes, you can write your own ticket with podcasting. <laughs> if the opportunity comes along. no, right. not, Who am I to say no to that? Right. To <laughs> that. Speaking into a vacuum. <laughs> only be listened to because you're featuring it on your reality show. Right. Right. That's the only reason why I go into Vanderpump's pumps. <laughs> you think I would eat at pumps at Vander's pump? If it wasn't, for I don't the, think so. If it wasn't for the sweet promotion on the show, what are Vander? What is Vanderpump? They all—it's all a dress shop. Everybody has a dress shop, right? In like these Joe shows. Zarin and Bobby. They're from the New York. Did you ever watch? Oh, Real Housewives I did of watch New the New York. Well, the <clears> one <throat> that you can't stop watching, and you hope that it's uh, on on Laserdisc, <laughs> is the New Jersey one. <laughs> I haven't with seen Teresa Guidi. She's in. According Jail? to people met well, either us or people or star or whatever's or in current. Touch, yeah. They're either going they're always going into jail or they're just they're gonna be coming out soon. You're right. Yes. Teresa Guidici, ready for her jail sentence. I wanna know, is that is this a TV jail? <laughs> or Right, like real convicts of like real convicts, or is it gonna be a stand up comedy routine thing? <laughs> I don't know what that meant. He's like a stand-up comic would say, "Hey, hey, I wouldn't do well in jail." And then he, you know, goes down the road of mm-hmm. this. I'm going to get uh, sexually assaulted because that's hilarious. I'm laughing. Have you ever heard one jail bit that wasn't somehow? Oh, you don't want to? Uh, uh, don't wear your pink. Uh, wear, you don't <laughs> wear your pink shorts. Why would I wear? I don't have pink shorts, mm-hmm. and why would I bring them to prison for me? Right. I or they're going to like you in jail. That's the other thing they always say. Not to, I don't know why they're saying it to me. Right. But I feel like the people who are saying it don't have actual jail experience. No. Well, this reminds me of something that I saw on your website that I thought was so funny, which was the Hacks Handbook, which you wrote for National Lampoon, right? Correct. Back in 1991 or 1994? 1991. You have done... Your research, and of course, to do research on me, it takes about 10 minutes, but you have done your research. I had the 10 minutes to spare. I only have the one thing I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so funny, but one of the hacky jokes, uh, the prison thing made me 
I, I thought of prison and then I thought of the most pracky, hacky prison thing, which is, you know, if you drop the soap, don't bend over. Right. Which is also if you go to San Francisco. Yes, that's what it that's You could also substitute of. it. I went to San Francisco. Well, the other way to do it is you go to the club and you find out what the name of you didn't know it was a gay bar. Right. Uh, so I went to Captain uh, uh, Butt Rumpers last <laughs> night and uh, it was everybody was pretty damn friendly in there. I got to tell you. If you not if you drop your soap, well, I don't know why you'd have soap at the club, <laughs> but if you were going to go in the shower there, Captain uh, uh, bump, bump Rump Rump Rumps, kick the soap to Oakland, <laughs> which is just like Rupert Pupkin saying, "If you I grew up in Clifton, New Jersey, and if you grow up in Clifton, New Jersey, and you fall below a certain poverty line, they send you to Passaic." <laughs> have you seen King of Comedy? Yes, and have you seen it, Allison? I have. Yes, Allison. This all of a sudden was. Mr. Hack's Handbook, Mr. Expert on Comedy, trying to nail you that you didn't watch a classic. Don't, because that's the wor- That's what people love is to find out what you haven't seen. I know. I didn't watch Caddyshack. I just recently, two years ago, watched Caddyshack just to get over the shame of having to tell people I've n- I never saw Caddyshack. Well, I just listened to you on Stop. Okay. Full confession. I listened to the beginning of you on Stop Podcasting Yourself. Right. Just because I ran out of time, though. Not because I wasn't thoroughly entertained, because I was. <laughs> I'm riveting. But you are. But you, on on that podcast, you said that you used to lie a lot about things, and, you, and you're yes. just going to come clean with you. Oh. Like you're, you're like, who is Werner Herzog? Or what did he I do? I think I may know who he is now, but I realized that I've been lying my whole life. For example, I used to go to summer camp. And I would tell my, I'd write letters to my parents, and I, for some reason, I did like to catch frogs, and then I'd let them go. You know, mm. I wasn't like, cool. right, catch and release. Catch frogs. and release. So maybe I caught one or two frogs over the summer. I had to present myself as if I was like the, cha- the frog catching champion, <laughs> and I would just lie. I said, oh, I caught 12 frogs this week. Why am I, who do they care? Mm-hmm. What am I getting from it? What am I going to up? They're going to give me a higher allowance <laughs> when I get back to town? It's like uh, that Norm Macdonald joke where he goes, you ever lie uh, for no reason? You know, you don't know why. And someone says, did you see that movie with Willie Nelson and the horse? Yes. <laughs> and so he says, what a, why did I lie there? Why did I stand to gain from that stick and lie? You know, that's, I just, but what foreign movies, jazz, things that mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I have interest in. But no, not a lot of knowledge. Well, because for me, it's that thing, and I try. I'm. I think I'm like, like I've turned over the leaf that you sound like you've turned over, which is now I'll just admit it. But it was just years of not wanting the person to be like, "What you have? Oh my god!" That's true. Yeah, and they always do that. That's they true. Do. But I would. I wish I could admit that that's what it was. I really did want to be someone who. Had seen those movies. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what are you talking about? You mean Bergman? Well, actually, I've seen one or two Bergmans. So that's why I, I present myself as maybe the foremost Bergman uh, <laughs> scholar scholar on the planet. Right. If I have any, I you know, exaggerating is still, I don't know. I don't know what it is about us. It's probably when you're a kid, you don't want to do anything that will get. Also, I, I, I memorized things when I was a kid that I, th- I just assumed was true, like that uh, Eddie Haskell from Leave It to Beaver, went to Vietnam and got killed. And that was never true. All these different, or The Beaver was, there were all these different stories that we, that was way before your time, Allison. None of these references no, mean anything they to you. Do. Thank if you. If I said to you, Dobie Gillis, 
You'd have no idea, right? I know the name. So you know the but name. Leave it to Be- but the Leave it to Beaver stuff, that really spoke to me. So I yeah, because that. that is still in reruns. I mm. loved that show when I was a kid. Oh, my God. That Beaver was... He was quite a rascal. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with him is you just never knew what he was going to do next. No, and he would always get in trouble. You know what show I really loved? And I don't know if this want to segue into Things Andy Enjoys. Sure. I almost uh, wish I had a I song the- for that. Things Andy Enjoys. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's not ever... Hear that version. No, I, The Wonder Years I love, too. Oh, yes. And that also had a narration. Yes. Who was the narration? Why did I say that so... Uh, was was it, it Daniel Stern? Aha. Uh-huh. And it was Richard Dreyfus in Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. We know we'll all we'll be back. The- we'll be back with more... <laughs> who was that narrator? <laughs> who was in stuff? My favorite one was Odys- uh, Od- Odysseus. I don't know what I'm saying. The Iliad and the Odyssey. Isn't that a narration? I don't understand The first anything. narrator? I don't know what a protagonist is. It's the the, the, the lead. The, the main character. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is the antagonist, the guy who's after him? <laughs> I think so. it's like the guy who wants to punch you in the face. You have don't 10 to 12 of them. Don't bring it up again. Them. I'm scared. <laughs> what if I get punched in the face on the way to the car? And worse yet, it's not related to my career. <laughs> That'd be terrible. It's a random act of violence. I thought it'd be definitely based on my material. So, Andy Kindler, you are from New York. Is that Queens. correct? Queens. Well, um, that, well, yeah, you said New York. I said Queens like it was a correction. Well, whoa, no, whoa, whoa, you were whoa, just whoa. getting more specific. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. that's good. It's not like, because I, I don't want to be one of these people who uh, leaves the implication that they're from Manhattan. Right. Do you feel like that would be being phony? Yeah, because Manhattan, I always feel like, is the real city. And when I was a kid, Queens could have been, the part of Queens, are, like, people who live in Queens now, comedians, and it's cool. You know, Long Island City. Right. Jackson Heights. It's not it was not cool when I was a kid. Not what was cool. it like? Just like, oh, there's that subway and here's another corner. <laughs> you know, it's just boring. Good pizza always but that wore off after a while. Did it was it did it feel suburban? Yes. It, mm-hmm. did. it felt like Leave It to Beaver but without the beautiful like to me Leave It to Beaver was like a, a wonderland. I just to me if you drive down the Long Island Expressway and you, and you drive down that for about an hour, you l- learn that the traffic slows not because of the traffic. It's people just give up. They go, <laughs> what am I rushing? What am I rushing to get to yeah. um, the, the Meadowbrook Parkway? Where am I running to get to Belmore? They've lost the will to Hicksville? drive. <laughs> I have to get to Hicksville quick? They should just change the name of they Hicksville. They should change the name, the whole vibe there on the island. It's very Billy Joel out there. I think they call it H Town. I uh, when I lived in well, not to drop a name, but Manhattan. I dated a guy who lived in. I don't know if he lived or worked in Jericho. No, Massapequa. I don't know. A whole bunch of Long Island names are the, coming to what mind. What does H Town stand for? I think that they referred to Hicksville oh. as H Town. Like they had some some snazzy name. Are for you it. sure you're not uh, giving that this isn't in the Entourage movie that the guy who directed <laughs> the guy who directed Queens Boulevard. Later on, his sequel was H-Town. Remember those? Did you watch? Uh, I watched every episode of Entourage, always thinking it was going to be sarcastic, but they would mm-hmm. just do it. It would be just straight down the, the plate. Yeah, I've, let's high five on a plane. <laughs> How can you high five on a private plane and not make that into a joke? I know. And there was that guy who would direct the Queens Boulevard, and he would call everybody suits. <laughs> He'd call E. He would call E a suit. A suit. 
And then Vince was, is it Vince? Yes. He was in Queens Boulevard. He was so mm-hmm. good. They did Medellin. Right. <laughs> Queens Boulevard was how he made his fortune to move out to LA, right? Wasn't that, <laughs> was that his hit? I'm forgetting. I forget. I forget. Or, yeah, I don't know. You know, but, I had Turtle. I, I heard you talking about Turtle. Yeah, because he was on the best show last night. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had him on my, on my podcast. He was really good. He's a sweet person. Yes. You realize all of my, it's not even animus, although I like that word. It's a, I just think it's up it's there with ostensibly. Cool, it's ostensibly up there. <laughs> no, to me that shows you have to mock that show. It can't, yeah. But I know the guy who who created it, he doesn't like when you mock it. That's another guy who I think would punch me in the face. Doug, that Doug Allen. Yeah, he wouldn't like it. He goes, it's never, you know how they go, oh, people love, like, uh, you know how people love, because I love, Rickles is hilarious, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone loves when Rickles makes fun of them. That was so with me. Really? Oh. Well, that Because he really us- <laughs> thinks he's making, uh, you know, he thinks Queens Boulevard is a great, I don't know yeah. what he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go. Okay, so let's go back to right, you right. in let's Queens. Not, let's not. Uh, yeah, let's not make it all about entourage. <laughs> yeah, me in Queens, growing up. Growing up. Okay. Um, what was your childhood like? Well, I was the one of three kids. I was the youngest child, and I was adorable. Mm-hmm. I had a droopy eyelid when I was younger. It's corrected itself. It has though? been corrected. Oh, it has been corrected. We have when I was like four, mm-hmm. three or four. And you see people with what I had when it's not corrected. It's just like the the lid will droop down halfway. And I've had that. I let it go. I might have gotten some more character actor work. But I didn't. Right. Uh, but you know what? I don't want to go too much about my droopy eyelid because it's all going to be in my book. And it's so <laughs> riveting. And uh, so I grew up. And yeah, I was the youngest. But my brother, nobody beat me up because I was always I was like 4'11 until uh, the senior year of high school where I uh, I. Sp- sp- Sprung up to five, five and a half. Whereas my friend Boris Hamilton says, Seco de Mayo. <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh, and it was pretty, uh, I have to say it was a, cush, a cushy childhood. Mm-hmm. I wish it was more uh, struggle. Were you happy? You know, I've always been happy. You know, I, had, I don't get that from you. Mm, well, you don't get that from my comedy? Perhaps I don't get it Twitter. from the character. From just the, the whole, Twitter? Just, I just wouldn't think... I wouldn't think that you would describe yourself as someone who's always been happy. Mm. I don't know why I went and took that sip and went, hmm. Uh, Maybe you're buying time or thirsty. I would say, I'm not saying that I'm a, uh, well, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not a depressed person. Okay. So I wake up in the morning, I'm not depressed. I have my issues. I'm not going to, but my, the anger that I feel, I mean, I feel like I do have a, I feel like, the best part of me is my anger producing comedy, mm-hmm. but I also think it's also the worst part of me because sometimes I can't let it go. Right. So that's what I'm. It's kind of like a, a, the strengths of some comedians are also their weaknesses. So, like for example, uh, any I always think I'm doing worse than I'm doing on stage, so I'm always drawing attention to it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing that thing that makes me different than other people. But then sometimes it's like. Jesus Christmas, let one go by without <laughs> they you know they were laughing. I'm sorry they weren't uh crying and fainting for mm-hmm. you or that you weren't healing the the lame. Nothing <laughs> to still say that. But uh I'm generally upbeat. I am an upbeat like I'm in a good and I don't, and I'm also not confrontational in person. Mm-hmm. Cuz I was it was very important for us to be nice when we were kids. So I mean that might have been a little bit too much stressed, but 
That your parents stress that? Yeah, you always well because they don't want to make waves, basically. Mm-hmm. But I've always felt like I when I meet somebody um, or whatever, I try not to be mean. <laughs> that's that's so interesting. My parents were big on not making waves too. Although I think for them it was sort of fear based. Like you don't want to be, you don't want to become a target. You don't want to be singled out. Um, right. Well, you're Jewish. Yes. So it's we that, have a genetic that, right. Uh, thing from even before Hitler, a lot of people think Hitler. We have the you know the fair. He was I, just he just jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, I, I used to, they, you know there's a club called Rascals, and uh, and they 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 taped all these comedian sets and they taped a lot of my sets when I was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. So then they put it out online, you know, and I got an essay wash jacket on, whatever the deal is. <laughs> but I heard one line I did, I was like, oh, I wasn't pretty good. And my line was a uh, we're obsessed with. Uh, Hitler because we can't remember anything about the Pharaoh. <laughs> so I thought, hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. But that's that comes from that and my parents had that big time and my mom had like her own issues as a as a child with her mom. So it was like don't make waves, don't cause trouble. You know. What were her issues with her mom? Just her mom wasn't very nice. Mm-hmm. Um what'd your parents do? Well my mom's still alive. My dad just recently passed away, which you know because I told you. Yes. And uh, I've been trying to talk about it on stage a little bit. Um, I said, uh, I say, the opening line is, my dad died in, last month. So, so far, I mean, not hilarious yet. You know what I mean? It's just a premise. I got to work more on it. But basically, I talk <laughs> about, look, folks, look, give me a chance. Uh, I talk about the fact that uh, I'm sorry you didn't make it into a Facebook event. Because, you know, People are very personal on Facebook, and they I definitely get they want to tell you who passed away, and so I get it, but I didn't want to do that because I just, I don't know. But also, but people are doing, you know, I want to do a bit about how people are like, uh, my mother has just collapsed on the floor. Uh, I don't know what I should do. Should I call 911? I'm here on Facebook. Maybe I should, you know. What do you people think? Why don't you weigh in? I don't think she's breathing. It's like, get your mother to the place, and then go on Facebook. Yeah. You know, go wait till she's in the operating room. Right. So, then, uh, then tweet. But then uh, I want to now I'm telling everybody in person. So it's like I'm wearing a shirt that says, uh, ask me about my recently deceased father. And so I shall. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. But and then my uh, but then the only thing I've gotten to work about it was the where I say um, my dad. This is what my dad would have wanted me to do. Weak material. <laughs> About his passing. This is exactly what he wanted me to do. No, I actually am doing okay. Uh, and my mom's doing okay, which Good. is really great. But I never thought, it would ha- I just, the thing about it is, I just, it wasn't, I never thought it would happen to me. I was told it would not happen specifically. The to it, me. the it being like, well, having you know, to mourn. parent die, right. it's like, it's not right. <laughs> and I've had a lot of friends and well, close people in my life who've had lost sisters. And I don't want to bring the podcast down. But no, I no, feel no. Very, this podcast goes down. Oh, let's go down. But I feel very lucky that I have my dad's. And also that I loved my dad and got along with him. So, I mean, uh, not just got along with him. <laughs> I got along with him. We were good roommates. <laughs> no, but he was hilarious. My dad was absolutely the funniest person I've ever known. So that's where, I, and my whole family's, I think, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that they're funny. Say it, do it. My family is a, a solid. This joke would work in the eighties. I would say my uh, mother is a solid middle. See, <laughs> but do you get that reference? Nobody would get that reference now um, because well, of the, to, the opening act. Yeah, middle that, that's act, what yeah. I thought. See, I, I, 
doubted myself. I did cause I, know, because I got I was it. On and you, then like, you what? asked if I got it. And then yeah. I was like, now I'm afraid to say, I think I get it. Yeah. But that's still a word that like, I would t- say 95% of people don't get right to, because, to middle. To yeah, be because the middle it's act. like, that's just that brief comedy boom time period where we thought it would last forever, where there'd be three act shows. I mean, it's still that way in the road, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, so, um, I have, because I like to worry about the future, I have at times sort of tried to think myself through what will it be like when I lose a parent? Because I have, my dad's a lot older than my mom and he's had some health issues and I just know that it's, I'm just not getting out of this one without losing right. people close to me. Um, and a therapist said to me, no matter how much you prepare yourself, you cannot prepare yourself. Was it your therapist? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was like uh, a party. Hey, look, you're a therapist. Doc, my arm hurts. Can you help me? Uh, you know, the thing that's weird about it is I think that's probably true. It is not in my mind I had the worst case scenario that I just wouldn't even be able to you know, hold the phone when I got the news. So it hasn't been that. But then a lot of people have told me things that I think are true, which is who people have lost. Mm-hmm. Like parents have told me, you know, you, you don't judge how you're – you know, Morning. dealing with it because like to me, I feel like, oh, I've, uh, I'm good or something. But then all of a sudden I don't feel so good. And my problem is going back to the anger thing is being angry. A lot. I've been angry a lot more than normal, mm-hmm. um, at stupid things, but not like I'm not, I never was a road rage guy. It's not like that, but it's just like, like what kind of things are making Well, you know, like, uh, the things that bother me, like the mu- Muslim bashing or all these things or racism, all these things, like when I see it now or I see like how bad the cable news is, I actually feel like, well, they, they're they so bad they can actually affect me or something. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize, oh, well, this idea of where you're un- you know what's happening in the world all the time is not a n- natural thing. I mean, you really could literally just find tragedy every second you know you could have like a, a camera on and, and just like where everyone's dying you know they say someone's dying every nine seconds so maybe yeah. hey cnn i reporters get out there and uh <laughs> record people as they're deceasing and you could uh, you know this is right now there's a storm killing someone somewhere so you could drive yourself crazy with that and that's yes. why i just have to re- but i realize what, what i'm doing is i'm not feeling certain things because there's that um I don't want to feel it. So when I'm, so that's the thing. I think when they say it takes a while and you don't know how it's going to happen, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'm through the woods. But I think it's a illusion, right? Well, yeah, my understanding is that it's real up and down, and that the phases of mourning that we're familiar with, like you don't, it's not linear. You don't go through. It's not like just this one, and then this one, and this one, and then depression, and then acceptance, and then you're done. Like they, right? You, you move around, and they come back, and yeah. And of course, if it's a, you know, I again, like I'm, I'm, I'm always like someone says, oh, well, it wasn't this bad. I mean, it wasn't a complete shock to me. Was so, he was he sick? Well, my dad was like uh, he was eighty eight, but he had had uh, he was uh, very healthy lifestyle. He smoked till he was thirty, and then he stopped smoking. So when he was sixty, he got this like cancer on his tongue. Mm-hmm. It may have had nothing to do with smoking, and then that came kept coming back. And he had some really tough. He had a bad. Uh, he had an operation that was botched. Oh no! Like um, you know Dennis Quaid's kids. Remember that time when they? Uh, um, what's that drug where it thins your blood out? An anticoagulant? Yeah. Uh, it's Is that Coumadin? It's not Coumadin. It's a... 
uh, the other kind. And what happened was that there were two vials that were similar colors. Like one was a cobalt blue, Mm -hmm. one was like a cerulean blue. And so that same (laughs) thing happened to my dad. They gave him too much of this uh, blood thinner. And so he just caused like a a three-month ordeal. But he got through all of that. And then the last six months to a year, he just started to feel... He just got very tired. You could just tell he was tired. But the thing that was amazing about it was that I always think of myself when I am going to die that I'm going to be a coward about it. And uh, my dad was like, not, it's not, not that you should be like brave about it, but he really was, you, he was ready in a way. So mm-hmm. that's got, it's got to be way different than when you don't know and it's coming out of the blue and you have no, like I went, I went back to Thanksgiving last year. Um, I knew, you know, kind of, right. but the thing is my whole thing and the reason why I do feel spiritual is that I've had a couple experiences in my life that made me feel spiritual. And one was like, I held up when I was working at, uh, I used to sell stereos, mm-hmm. Andy Kindler of the eighties. <laughs> I used to sell stereos and, and, uh, someone came in and they, uh, held us up and they tied us up Jeez. and, uh, they robbed the store and they tied our hands behind our backs and then at one point they were talking and we thought for sure that they were going to kill us. And in that moment, I'm not, and cause I'm, I only say this because normally I get so scared of any kind of confrontation mm-hmm. that I feel like my heart stops. In that moment where I thought I was going to die, I got so calm and was not scared at all in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is when I was two years old, I really clearly remember this. That I was like, or it was like, well, just when I was starting to talk, but not talking, I must have been able to talk, but like I was young, so maybe I was three. I got this fever, and there was like a hundred. I don't know what my fever was. I was yelling for my mom, but she was downstairs; she didn't hear me. And I thought I was in so much terror. And then I, I said, "I'm going to die. I'm going to die." And then when I said, "I'm going to die," this feeling of peace when I surrendered to it mm-hmm. was just the most amazing feeling. And it's so real. It's like I'm not making it up. I'm not writing a book about it. I'm not cashing in. So I'm telling you it really Maybe happened. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. <laughs> but it just made me feel like that that's really what spirituality is, is that, you know, things Serenity. are going to be okay. Yeah. It's like if faith. you look, faith that it's going to work out one way or the other and it's and the bad things don't last forever. It's like when you look, I always think of this like with all this trouble in the world, but then when you get back in space and you look at the world it looks just so beautiful mm-hmm. so there has to be all these di- different perspectives right and uh as long as i don't get tortured i'm good because that's my big fear i can't see that movie reservoir dogs ever again because <laughs> there's a torture scene in it well so what happened when you got tied up what what ultimately oh no happened? there was well they just they tied us up and they ran out with the stuff mm-hmm. and then we wiggled we wriggled three uh free like an episode of macgyver ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Were you traumatized for a while? The interesting thing is the guy who was the manager of the store was more traumatized and because he saw it differently. I think they were more manhandled him a little bit. And so it's just the weird thing is like the idea of like having a fist fight or all these things scares me so much and like you just don't know how you're going to be. And But the thing that was crazy about that was a week it was in on Lincoln Boulevard in Marina del Rey or around that area of Venice and the next week on the weekend, the same guys came back in the store. That seems so stupid. See, what happened was my manager called me up. It was Monday. He goes, no one's in the store. Can you want to come in? And I came in. That was a Monday. And when I came in, they came in. So they knew it was empty. Mm-hmm. They came back on a Saturday. They thought, I, mean, I don't know what they were thinking. 
and they come in. The place is packed, and I like a like a zombie for some reason. I I just start walking towards them like oh wah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Wah. Then they saw me and they ran out into a car and I got the license plate. Oh, and I called the police and the police said, "What do you want us to do? What are we gonna? <laughs> what? Wait, where's the fire? What do you? What? 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 How, what, how could? Uh, uh, forget about it." Oh yeah, so it's discipline. Very they did, and that's I know. I had I could have ID'd them, and I could have used words like the perp. Everyone wants an opportunity to use a word like the perp, but you had the right. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get I too had carried away. Dead, but they were yeah, and the license plate. Right, number. that's what I thought you're supposed to get. I remember a whole episode of Different Strokes where Arnold or Dudley was trying to remember a license plate number. And you had it right there. I had, because I think in their mind, it was like, well, yeah, what are you going to do? Well, you think it was them the other way. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Oh. It's just ridiculousness. It, it really is. But then what if I had gone to trial and those guys would have haunted me the rest of my life? That's true. The guy went to jail for 20 years just because I was a whining baby and didn't want to get tied up. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were saying that you are feeling, you find yourself getting more angry than than you would expect or like you're just noticing how angry you are. Were, were you suggesting or saying that you're getting angry as a way to avoid feeling some of the sadness? Yes. And I think both well, the same thing. Like I have a, I'm addicted to, as my wife knows, uh, my wife, before we just moved, we bought our, our first condo. We bought something. We own it, people. Congratulations. In the valley. Eat your heart out. And as we were, <laughs> and I was using Twitter to avoid Excuse me, I'm, I, uh, I burped. Uh, it whatever, whatever it is, it's iced coffee. Uh, <laughs> that that's shows how little physical comedy I do. <laughs> I have just burped. Uh, before we, mo- I would use Twitter as an avoidance device. Mm-hmm. So my wife, she was getting so mad because we had to move this goddamn apartment, and I was not. I was helping, but not to the degree I should have, because I was arguing with a robot on Twitter who uh, might have been a software program. So she comes around <laughs> into... She, she she hears silence from me. She comes around and she comes into the kitchen and she catches me like I'm having an affair mm-hmm. huddled over the stove <laughs> replying, dot replying to some idiot. So that's my problem. Twitter is the... I love yeah. it so much, but that's where it really... Twitter is the can be the greatest thing in the world, but it's really where all your bad stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. It's like... I hate all these people who are racist, and I hate the way... Uh, and there's so mu- many of them on I, Twitter. I know. I hate the way the Muslims are being targeted, and I hate the way... Like, my mother's a Quaker, and she was Jewish, and she converted. That's a whole long story. But anyway, it's My beautiful. dad is very... He didn't actually convert to Quakerism, but growing up, he took us to Quaker meetings. Oh, wow. Where? Uh, in Well, the meetings were in Costa Mesa, but he went to Swarthmore, which is, I think, where he first encountered Quakers and became you know, fascinated with um, Society of Friends. So, yeah, yeah and there's was, different types. I mean, the kind of the, the, the society my mom's involved with are the greatest people. There's like, they're very peace-loving, mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's different sects of it. Was yes. That, how was it when you went there? Um, it was... Uh, everyone would the meeting was like everyone would sit in a circle and just right. meditate, and then That's you it. stand up when you want to speak. But I was I was a kid, so the kids would go to what they called either Sunday school or first day school or something, and that was had a little more of a structure. Um, 
And yeah, we went for a while. It it always struck me more as a philosophy than a religion, though. I don't know what I thought a religion was, but my best friend growing up was Mormon. So to and and I would do some more many things with her sometimes. And in my mind, like that was a real religion versus my understanding at that point. And granted, I was young of what Quakers stood for was it, it always struck me as more philosophical. Well, that's the thing, too. And that's why the words become almost it all becomes about the words, because, you know, when people say if I'm using the word God as something that I'm not even sure what it is myself and I'm not defining it as anything and that it's outside of me. And then you come along and say, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? It becomes a semantical argument. Right. The same thing with religion. It's like people, friends of mine and people, I mean, it's disturbing to me. You know, oh, religion's full of shit. It's all bullshit. It's like, first of all, you don't know every religion. And like in my mother's case, it is a religion, but it doesn't have dogma attached. Right. It's not a proselytizing. It's not about, ju- it's about the opposite. Well, for Quakers, right. it's the opposite of judgment. You don't judgment. even have to believe in God to be a Quaker. Right. You know, it's like, although there are, just so if people go online, then they start with me. <laughs> uh, there are more conservative sects. There is even overseas evangelical Quakers. But the the kind that you went to and the kind mm-hmm. that my mom went to it was the exact opposite. And, you know, they, they all came over to my house the Sunday after my dad died because my mom would go to the Flushing Meeting House, which is like the oldest one in the country. Mm-hmm. It's in the 1600s. So cause my mom, mom and dad were antique collectors and, and my mom was involved with the Queen's Historical Society. And they all came over to the house. It was the greatest thing. They all sat and they talked about my dad and how. Because my dad, my dad was like an agnostic, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much leaning towards atheism. He just didn't believe in there was going to be anything. But he was he was a science person. And ironically, I don't know what the word is. You know, the, people think there's ostensibly. science. Ostensibly. There's, there's science in atheism. There's no science in atheism. And my dad, being someone who's a scientist, would say, well, I can't. You know, who likes science. He's not mm-hmm. a scientist. He loved it. He's like, I'm, I'm, I can't say for sure something that I don't even know whether it. But he wouldn't. And when I was telling him in the last couple of years about some of these people, because we would argue when I was like 14, we would argue because I wanted to be like a hypnotist or I, you know, I wanted like a, all these power psychology things to be true. Mm-hmm. So he was actually worried at some point. But that was like a kid, you know. But, but it I was would, a worry for him at some yeah, point? Yeah, like he thought I was going to be some kind of raging like Scientologist or whatever. Oh. You know, it wasn't. It, it just was. We would get into these heated arguments. But when I told him in the last couple of years about these people, he was like, he couldn't even believe it. Why would you, what's the point of being mean towards people just because they believe whatever? These people being extreme atheists? Is that that what you mean when you say these people? This is the thing too online, is if you call them, they're a very, very, a very disturbing group of people because, and they're very slippery and they're very intellectually dishonest. I'll give you an example. A lot of people say, well, you're being like a lot of Muslims or something, you know, they're being, you may use the word racist. Uh, they're being, ra- and they'll say, well, we're not racist because uh, Islam isn't, you know, it's not a race. <laughs> so like, okay, yeah, you win, but you're basically, <laughs> you're basically saying you're hating a group of people. Oh, but you're so, but, but because it's all like, oh, you're so stupid. You think that it's a race that we hate. So it's all this kind of uh, of stuff. It's right, new, new atheists. But then when you say there's new atheists, they don't admit that there is a group. Right. Let's say Richard Dawkins is one of them. Sam Harris, Bill Maher is part mm-hmm. of this. It's like a new uh, to you, is Uber, it... Uber uh, thing. <laughs> Not Uber. Like, uh, were you oh, going towards Ubermensch or... Something stupid. Um, sense. Is, to you, is it tied with hatred of is it tied with hatred yeah well you know like i i look at someone like 
and this is where I, where I'm what I'm saying. Ultimately, it does become my issue because if I'm really upset about my dad and I get into this thing where I'm yelling at Bill Maher for twelve hours, <laughs> um, I am at some point. He is winning because yeah. he's getting to me. So there needs to be a balance. I do think that it's important that I say when something's racist or and don't let him because I you know I am Jewish. I know how this starts. Mm-hmm. This is what they did in the thirties. That they would say. Um, you notice all these people like Mar and all these people, they say all religion is terrible, but you don't see them talk about the Jews, interestingly enough. What do you make of that? Uh, because Weird they too. know they couldn't get away right. with it. People so are just sensitive to it. Right? I really think that um, someone like Bill Maher is actually uh, has bad intentions. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is because he, it's all about his own ego and his own narcissism. So uh, he's going to say whatever he it's I'm. I'm saying it. You don't want to hear it because you're politically correct. But the Muslims are there's something wrong with them. You just don't want to face it. At some point, that's not, com- and it's also not comedy what he's doing anymore. There's nothing funny about it. I actually really, really hate that argument. I hate the argument that I'm saying what you're all thinking, but you're just afraid to say it because you're just afraid of what your liberal friends will that, think. And that's his exact argument. Because that's so condescending. It's like, yeah. no, I might actually hold beliefs that are different than yours. Right. And it has nothing to do with my, me being concerned about my image, you fucking asshole. Well, Bill Maher will say, he'll say, I'm upset at the Muslims because they would treat women uh, poorly. Like, like, yeah, do you get the, the impression that he's the most forward-thinking <laughs> he's, male He's kind of known planet. for the opposite yeah, of that. Yeah, he's, uh, you know. But uh, now, do you make a distinction because Bill Maher I think, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, to me, the, the more measured argument is not all Muslims do these things that you're saying all Muslims do. Or do you not even want to talk about any sort of well, f- fundamentalism that goes on in the Muslim world? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I would obviously what is true is true. I mean, there's no if the name of the group is Islamic State, we know that's in the name. But like the argument that Obama's making and, and that people like I'm, I'm making is they're perverting the religion. And what Obama's saying is that he got in so much trouble for is 100% right. He talked about how, look what happened in the Crusades. Look what other religions have yeah. done. And you're, to say that they're Islamic, you're basically doing what they want you to do, which is saying it's based in Islam. And, and the point is, yes, of course, but you can't uh, – of course, it's, it, they're distorting Islam. But you can't separate that from the fact that, you know, till 1900, we were – you know, look what we did. We, we went back into Iraq. We lied our way. <laughs> I mean, like, to me, it was like so obvious the first time Bush and Cheney were talking about Iraq. You know, we've – as a country, we've done these things. It's not just – these are political problems more than they're uh, religious problems. And right. people will say, look, the guy in North Korea, he's not he's – not, he's an atheist. He, it, religion's illegal. Like I'll argue online about that. I go, well, the guy in uh, – in North Korea is an atheist. They go, yeah, but they see him as a god. This is the argument comes mm-hmm. by. It's like you can't win with these people. No, the point you is, absolutely it can't. Just, it's not, it's, do you really, I'm not saying you, but do people really think that uh, the ultimate thing in Northern Ireland was that the Catholics had a view of the Bible and the Protestants had another view? Of course not. It was sectarian. The, their religion became mixed up in things that went back hundreds of years. And there's a very uh, person I, I read a lot, and her name is Karen Armstrong. She writes about religion. She's really bright. And her thing is like, back in the old days, everything had religion in it. Mm-hmm. So when people say religion causes these things, 
I just think it's a myth. And you can't go back. There isn't. There haven't been examples of secular societies except for like Stalin, who was a atheist and killed thirty mm-hmm. million people. And does Hitler seem like a like a good Christian, like a church going <laughs> guy? I mean that that's the thing. So it's not like. Of course, I know that they're saying they're. You know, you look go around in the world and say, "Oh, uh, look at all these Muslims and what they're doing." But look, I'm Jewish, and this guy Netanyahu, I think he's a nut, <laughs> and he wants to. And the Republicans, and they want to. Uh, they want to turn. They don't care what happens with the Iran deal or whatever. They just want to. They want to have their own power. So am I supposed to say? Uh, am I supposed to refer to Netanyahu as a, a Jewish extremist? You know, it just gets ludicrous, you know, but it's to serve their thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a weird deal with all these different people. Like with Mar, I think it's more just he just wants to be provocative and right. popular. It's a weird way to run your career. Right. Do you believe in life after death? I my thing is more like I think we're always, you know, if you had to ask me, I obviously don't know. But I would think we're all here in one way, form or another forever because I, I just the fact that we can't remember not being here doesn't mean that we weren't here. Or and, and I kind of feel like the, our consciousness, who you know, we think our consciousness is in our brain, but who knows? And I think it's kind of all it's uh, I think it's kind of all consciousness, mm-hmm. you know. So I my feeling is is that the where the different thing you know time is relative. All these different things are functions of the universe and that's why it's like a lot of times when you see like uh when they go uh what's his name who they just made the movie about stephen hawking you know oh yeah you know when he says there is no god whatever he's still talking about a specific form of god you know religion doesn't answer religion doesn't answer a lot of like what what is love or what is uh, art. That's right, not what they're. Ju- that's things. not what they're. Ju- I mean, sometimes I think it all comes together, and you have people like Einstein who seem to be kind of like have a spiritual, you know, like kind of a, a you know, talked about how the thought experiments mm-hmm. and he didn't arrive at things through his rational mind. Because the truth is, you know, you, you, if if everyone could be like Einstein, Einstein, then you just like everybody would just add up the numbers and it'd be the best person at adding up the numbers. But there's some kind of magic that happens even with scientists, although they don't have to believe it. You know, there's a lot of people who are funny. Like, I believe that comedy comes from some God-like thing because I don't know where it comes from when I'm in the moment of it. And mm-hmm. I can't, you can describe it, but you can't say why it happens. Right. You know, but you don't have, you know, like people who don't think about these things, you don't have to think about these things. But I, I think, why are we here? Where are we going? These are things that people have thought about forever. And it doesn't there's mean... There's still no answers. There's still no answers, but it doesn't mean it's some kind of primitive thing. Right. You know, like the beat poets, that time period, they're very influenced by Eastern philosophies. And uh, uh, Zen Buddhism and all those things are about attachment. You know, the Buddha was about not attaching. It, none of those things depend on you knowing what happens after you die mm-hmm. because you're still kind of guessing. All I know is, in back in my mind, I remember when I almost did die as a kid, I'm not as scared of it as had I not gone through that experience. Right. Because I think that's that's the main thing for me is anticipatory fear. <laughs> and and uh, that's the thing that always scares me. Yes. And that it's, my, when it's like I, I, I take martial arts and I, I took them because I was scared of Those fighting. Guys. And after all these years of taking it, I'm still scared. But at least I know probably how to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, it's not like you learn how to do this and you become fearless. Uh, you learn how to do it 
but when you think about it, it's still, I still want to get punched in the nose. It's all anticipatory. Mm-hmm. So you need to buy my book, Allison, which is my <laughs> new Tony Robbins-like book. You can do it. You will do it. You want to do it. And, well, maybe I don't have the book down yet. <laughs> I want to be a life coach for life coaches. Oh, that's <laughs> perfect. Who I'm, would... I, I'm sorry I rambled on. About no, no, these that's things. interesting. I, I didn't bring my shtick with me. You got it, Alan. I, hate, you said, I said, I said, you said leave you, the shtick in the vestibule. That's right. And I had like I had props. You said it's not going to fly the props. Yeah, well, because people can't see them. Look, everybody. <laughs> if you were here, you'd see I have uh, wax teeth. <laughs> not wax teeth. Wax lips. You could have wax teeth too. Give a whole this, wax mouth. How could this number? How could someone keep calling me without? It's gotta. Do you not recognizing the number? Well. Hasn't this been going on for like, oh, they called twice. I don't understand it. Do you answer the phone? No. Do you answer the phone? There's no reason to. We've got to get Jeff a mic if you're going to keep asking oh. Him questions. <laughs> oh, does no one know that you exist? No, they do. But you're, uh, I, I just can't stop talking. Everybody has to be uh, part of my thing. I know. You play <laughs> to the room. It's good. Um, no, I do not typically answer the phone unless I recognize the number and it's someone that I'm expecting a call from. Yeah. But I feel, but I feel like I should, I but know. I just don't. That's how they get you. <laughs> that's what they want you to think. Well, that's why people text you like, you know, my idea of returning a text is I see the person I say, I got your text. <laughs> that's it. Because uh, I can't keep up. Yeah. I'm so wanted. Right. Everybody wants they want a, piece a piece of, of me. You. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I bet when you meet someone, you don't know what, wh- you know, you know, they want something from you, but like, what, what is it? And why right. do they want to, you know, what are they up to? What's their game? Why do they want to be friends with you? Is it because yeah. they really like you or is it because of what you can do for them? I remember life before all this stuff happened. You've probably had it your whole life, but there was a time period. Mm. I remember that you had answering machines. I that remember was those. It. And I would have a tape. And I've said this before, but I would let it fill up. And I throw it away. I put a new one in, and that was it. And then, I, oh, and I wasn't home. Oh, I, I wasn't home. I didn't get your. Before that, it was even better. Before the answer machines, I wasn't home. I haven't mm-hmm. been home. Now everybody knows where you are all the time. I know it's ridiculous. They go, "Oh, you 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 weren't home for my text, but then you were tweeting a second later." Interesting. If I'm avoiding a call or a text. Right. I will think about when I tweet. That's exactly right. See what's <laughs> happening? Yes. We're all hiding from everything. That happens That's every single day yeah. when I have an obligation. Like, you know, you say, oh, I'm running late. You got to give me more time on this project. And then you're, they, they look in your... Yeah, you can't be on Facebook. For three hours, you're doing uh, pun-based humor. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get in? Okay, so you had a happy childhood. You had your droopy eyelid fixed. You thought you were going to die, but in general, you were happy. Your dad was funny. You got in fights with him. He was worried that you were heading in the direction of Scientology or something like that. Then how did you get into comedy? Uh, well, my dad was really... When we were having these arguments, I don't even think there was Scientology. He was more like going to think I was going to get into parapsych psychology or like medium like go to stuff? a medium or something okay like that. yeah but i never was going to but that was his legitimate fear when i would be arguing with him about aliens or whatever the right. thing was uh i was a musician that was my whole goal in life was to be a musician well not my goal but from an early mm-hmm. age what'd you play well unfortunately i played violin for many years and i hated it very quickly but this is a other parts of my life that i'm not uh revealing to you of how i would make everybody uh my parent figure so I would be afraid to tell my... Vi- 
like I'll give you an example. I used to uh, uh, deliver papers mm-hmm. here when I came out to L.A. I was like 25, 25 years old. Okay, paper and man. I was a paper man. <laughs> and uh, a guy, the guy who was uh, I would do the route with, he just liked me a lot, and he was hoping that I would take over the route. He was just the sweetest guy in the world. I couldn't take it anymore, and I quit. I lied to him and told him I got a Broadway play back in New York because I'm so scared of confrontation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the fourth grade, I took the violin up, and I should have, and I got tired of it like a week later. But I played it for twelve more years. <laughs> you don't want to disappoint people, is that what it is? Yeah, it's like I make them my parent, or mm-hmm. in that, I do this in general too online. It's like or anywhere. And this is the only thing that's a spiritual release from it is when I remind myself that I'm doing it, I stop yeah. doing it. Like I may could think, I wonder what Allison thinks about it. How was I in that uh, in that one time I burped and she must have been <laughs> terrible. And, and, you know, and but why were you going so much about – the thing that's amazing to me is that I do feel proud of myself that I am myself on stage but uh, with the, someone who agonizes so much about – kind of wanting to be liked in mm-hmm. a way. So uh, it's weird. And I have to remind myself that you can't do that. You just can't live up to other people. Like in my family, if uh, uh, you'd be afraid if you stop worrying about it, you become a terrible person. You're not going to be a terrible person. You're already, I'm already, I'll never not be hard on myself. Are you beating everyone to the punch basically? Um, it's more like an insidious thing that, that creeps up on me that I get, you know, it starts small, and then as I see it build up, I see, oh, I'm doing it everywhere. Are you okay? Is my wife okay? Is the guy at the supermarket okay? Is the guy at the bank okay? And so it's all that kind of thing. And uh, so that's I think that that's the thing that is a lifelong goal is to let go of that because it's so much wasted time. Have you made uh, progress? I think so because except the thing like when you with my dad, then you go backwards a little bit. Right, but I think of that's, course. Nat- that's natural. Yeah, any I think anytime there's a big... A big, you know, crisis, so to speak. It, it's going to cause a bit of regression, I would think. And also I get, I mean, uh, I, I didn't realize I had ADD until I was in my 50s. So, I mean, I have a mind that, I, you know, you, so much of life to me is learning what you don't want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I, like to me, I was like, oh, I got to write screenplays. Or I, gotta, I was like, I don't want to write screenplays. So, but I'm not like, a, I don't get up early in the morning and write four hours. <laughs> You know, I'm just not. Apparently, uh, that's the only way you can do it. <laughs> that's what uh, they say. So I don't. And so anyway, I, I I was a musician, and then I came out to L.A. to be a musician. I, Still but, violin? No, no. Then I switched to guitar when I was okay. 15, and then I wanted to be uh, Bob Dylan and the Beatles. And then I was in bands in college, but I also did theater in college. You went I, to Binghamton. Is that I went right? to Binghamton, uh, was same school as Paul Reiser. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And then I came out to L.A. and uh, a director friend of mine from school. He let me stay with him, and he was moving back to L.A. And so that's how I came out here, to be like a musician or maybe some theater. Mm-hmm. And I just stumbled into stand-up comedy because a friend of mine, uh, we were working at a stereo store together, and he said, oh, you're, you know, I was doing impressions of everybody. He said, you should try stand-up. I said, well, I don't know if I want it. sounds scary. So I did it with him. I was in a duo for a couple of years. What were you guys called? Andy and Bill. Andy and Bill. And what's he do now? He's a, he was a therapist, then he, and now he's a therapist. He still is a therapist. And... At what he's the therapist you were talking to. Yeah, he's my therapist, right. actually. It's weird that I would ask you what the name of the group was when, when knew. I knew. Right. I just wanted to hear you You're say it. You're protecting his anonymity. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the uh, therapist-client confidentiality. It goes both ways. It does go both ways. Um, so at a certain point, though, you decided to pursue comedy over music? Well, 
Yes, I got very distressed about me. You know, I I feel like I don't know about most people, but I hated. I was very down on myself in my twenties, and I wouldn't allow myself to. Which is why I think these contest shows are so terrible because they get to how do you make it in the business? You go on a contest show, and you, you know it's like they get these people. Um, I mean, I think the worst disease is you know how successful am I and when this you know when this what I'm going to do pay off. Right. So that's what music became to me. I was in top 40. But I just took, instead of going to like showcase clubs or like you do with comedy, I went, I played top 40. I didn't know what I was doing because I was young mm-hmm. and nervous. But it was probably great uh, preparation for me because I didn't start stand-up until I was 28. And then and that just like... Right, you had done a lot of performing. I'd done a lot of performing. And then that was very, I still think it's a very egalitarian way to stand up because it's like, yeah, there's clicks. All that stuff happens, but you kind of anybody can come and do it, mm-hmm. you know, um, if they want to do it. But most people, they just want to, oh, can I do it four or five times and be and then headline? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was reading an interview with you and you said, I think you were talking about your relationship with Marin, but you said, and there's a quote, every 10 years or so I hit rock bottom. With him or in general? Well, I, I was going to ask you. I, oh, I, no. My sense was it was in general. Yeah, no, because we actually, we've hit rock bottom together. So, um, you know, he's one of the seminal with the relationships of someone who, not seminal, I use words wrong all the time, but we. But when he started his podcast, I remember I was on one of his first episodes. It's just like we're both in the hotel room and we're both, we've both kind of given up. Mm-hmm. Now my stomach's rumbling. It's a nice uh, combination. <laughs> uh, and then so I, we, you know, we did a tour together, me and Mark and Eugene Merman, and it was called, and I this name, I loved it, but it really was, it was called Stand Uppity. <laughs> it was comedy that makes you feel better about yourself and superior to others, but it never <laughs> took off. And we did a tour, this was before, Eugene, I think, had more going on than both of us did, mm-hmm. but we were both very, like, had hit rock bottom, and uh, and also we had gone, as friends, we had gone through rocky different things, so once... We became good friends. It was like one of these things like okay, we've both seen each other at our most distressed. But when you say hit rock bottom, how do you mean? Well, it's certainly not hitting rock bottom like an alcoholic or anything like that. It, it's like um, there have been times in my life like where it, the only things that totally get to me is when I don't have enough money to pay my bills and it, that's I've been lucky in the last three years it's been been just great and when i say great i mean like i'm not i'm still in debt but things are coming in you know so it, i've had those those kind of uh bottoms mm-hmm. like where you feel like, like you're not yeah i feel like um, i'm not having any success but it's hard to think about that now because and count, why i tell people who are stand-ups you don't just if you love it don't give up because i feel like i've made breakthroughs 23 years in uh, I've been doing it like uh, almost 30 years now and I make breakthroughs it's not like any other thing like music or anything mm-hmm. you know like and uh, this is like Harper Lee she wrote one amazing book now they found another one I mean there's some professions where when you're young or whatever but with comedy if your health is good you can go on forever so it's hard for me to remember the rock bottom right now because I'm doing okay but it could ha- but it could happen Quickly, and it's to me, it's always when you think you're going to be homeless, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so terrible. 
you know, I have people like uh, who've pulled my bacon out of the fire or whatever, you know, my brother and people, you know, and I imagine there's so many people now, I don't know, anybody gets old in this country now because there's, it seems like, was never like this before where everyone's hanging by a thread. Folks, I always like to make you more depressed <laughs> as I reveal my story. But is that, is that what you, I think that's what the bottom yeah, was. That, yeah, that sounds about right. But I'm basically a, basically a happy I'm not happy, but I'm good natured. My, I mm-hmm. got that from my dad. Wake up in the, you know, just except not in the morning like he was. He was too happy in the morning. <laughs> what yeah. are you like in the morning? I'm okay. My wife and I are the same way, so we're we know like uh, to not say to each other, "Hi, sleepyhead." <laughs> How's it going? Morning. <laughs> Would you like some coffee? Hey, let's talk about our uh, the fact that we haven't done our taxes because we haven't done our 2013 taxes. We're two years behind. But they owe us money. Um, but you said that you feel like you're really yourself when you're on stage or uh, doing comedy. I think, yes. And I think that the goal of uh, my goal was always to be exactly as I am off stage, on stage, except I know that my job is to, you know, make people laugh. Had you experienced that playing music, that feeling of really feeling like you're being yourself? Uh, very occasionally. And I, and this is where. Comedians, I think, must be annoying to musicians mm-hmm. because it's. I, I kind of feel like because I do paint. I'm a water. I do. I do it all. I'm a quadruple threat. <laughs> I do watercolors, and the way I am, it's like every time I started painting, I want it to be a masterpiece. I can't stand anything being. Oh well, you know, study for years. I'm going to paint the greatest painting right now. But the truth is, is the technique and the technique of being a comic comic is doing it over and over and you know for the first 15 years if i didn't do it uh for a few days in a row i would uh lose it mm-hmm. and so i think when you when when musicians hear comics go, oh i would just love to yeah you know it's not like maybe i do have s- some ability in that area and i know that i do have some but certainly writing songs to me was like pulling teeth um but the uh the so yes i have felt that but not consistently because it's, I'm not as used to doing it. Right. So I want to ask you about the State of the Union. But first, I want to tell you guys about uh, Nature Box. Life is hectic. Sometimes it's hard to make the best snacking choices, especially when you're hungry and looking for a quick pick-me-up. Would you agree, Andy? I need this kind of a thing. I'm not getting any money for this, but I need this kind of thing because I have low blood sugar. You do need this. Yes. You can get delicious and healthy snack options at naturebox.com. They have over 100 nutritionist-approved snacks. Uh, they have something for everyone, all with zero artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners, zero grams trans fats, and no high-fructose corn syrup. Um, and I would recommend something like the Sriracha Roasted Cashews from Nature Box or Pistachio Power Clusters, Big Island Pineapple. They're all so good. And I want to give you guys the chance to try Nature Box for free with a trial box featuring five of their most popular snacks. You heard me, free snacks. By the way, you also heard me. Trial box. I think I've talked before. I prefer something that has like a bunch of different things in it than just one big thing. That's just me. And you guys can get a free trial box. Start your free trial right now by going to naturebox.com slash Allison. Again, that's naturebox.com slash Allison to get a free trial box of delicious snacks. Okay. So you've been doing uh, State of the Union at Just for Laughs for years and years and years, right? Right. Since like 1995 where I would uh, say what's wrong with comedy every year. How did you start doing that? I started because I did this thing in the mid-90s at Montreal. Where it was like an autobiography of my life. And then 
and then that led to me doing when the hack, Hacks Handbook came out. State of the industry is what I, I meant know, but to say. But I knew that you, what you meant, and everyone calls the state of the oh, industry, okay, so good. don't feel bad. And I did not want to be the guy who goes, but actually, Allison, it's <laughs> state of the industry. I hate to correct you, but I'm going to make things worse. Uh, when Hacks Handbook came out, I did a hack presentation up in Montreal with like Pat Oswald and Blaine Capatch and all the guys who were around and we you know demonstrated how to be a terrible comedians <laughs> uh, I'll never forget this one thing uh, that Blaine and Patton did where like they said the middle act's job is like to you know, like the middle act would be the uh the, the the microphone stand for the headliner <laughs> so you'd be crack is leaning on top of the middle act. and then so uh, that went really good and then the head of the festival said, you want to come back and do something else And next year. And that was my manager, Bruce Smith. He came up with the idea of the state of the industry. It's his baby. <laughs> and then it just um, – every year since then it's happened. It's like a, it really is like a roller coaster because it's like it has to be all new material and then – Is that a challenge? Oh, it's a – I don't want to make it like a – because I used to have a joke where Richard Marks – that's how old the joke was. <laughs> and the, being in the music uh, video is the – you know – is the most boring thing in the world to do. And and then my joke was, I realize people in the coal mines are like saying, well, at least we're not making one of those music videos. So I don't want to make it like a, it's real work, like a job. Right. But it is uh, like uh, all year. It's an hour of new material. Half of it is stuff I've come up with that are jokes that just happen to be industry oriented. And then the other half is just what I think would be funny and or angry to talk about. Any... um hints or teasers about what will be mentioned this year because it's july right yeah so it's not uh well i probably you know there's perennials just the fact that uh leno you know like even though leno's gone i can still th- i've come up with uh leno has a car that runs on the energy of all the people's dreams that he's crushed <laughs> i've been doing this joke which i wrote many years ago but i've been doing it every show now which is uh who died made Jim Belushi a big star. <laughs> uh, and then I'm gonna, I love to go. I just hope Fallon goes on forever because I love going after him. It's so the amount of love that he seems to require <laughs> is or adoration or whatever that is, is he has to be from. See, I actually don't know much about him from the people. Clo- like around him at work for him, you mean? Or from no, the no, public? from the actual product, okay. which is like, hey, I want to sing like Bono. Oh, right. Like the Saturday Night Live thing. I don't want to see one more uh, thing with him and Ashton Timber Kutcher. Like. <laughs> and then ba 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 bing and the hoo hoo hoo. I actually don't like that, yeah. Yeah, this is my impression of all those guys doing the rap. And hey, hoo ha, he he hoo. <laughs> and it's like, yes, they never said about Johnny Carson that he was a great song and dance man. <laughs> it's not required. So there's that, and um, CNN has a quiz show. That's going to turn it around. <laughs> Let's take a dying, uh, shame-based station. And what could save us? People like game shows. No, they don't like it that much, really. <laughs> they, like the, they like Jeopardy still, and we'll owe fortune. Maybe they should have a reality show on CNN. Anderson's big brother. <laughs> Anderson Cooper's... Yeah, that have all the anchors, all your favorite CNN people. Mm-hmm. I can't think of Jake Tapper. <laughs> Maybe they should box Jake Tapper or wrestle or oh, something. Yeah. So TV keeps getting worse and worse. But there's also great things. But I won't talk about that in my speech. <laughs> so why do you hate Leno? I don't. Ha- well, you know, it's certain things aren't personal. 
But Hamlet does get to the angry, though. Well, my big gripe with him is that he's uh, disingenuous. And, like, to me, people think Letterman's like a curmudgeon. I love that he's honest. I like people who tell you what's really going on in, in comedy. It's That's why Jimmy Fallon, hey, everything's great. Hey, let's have a, let's, let's put on a dance, you know. But Leno, just, just the, the, the idea that, uh, just the fact that they said to him, hey, uh, would you retire in five years? He goes, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, I retire there, and uh, sure, I agree. And then waits till you know, Conan's uh, writers move their families out here, and <laughs> yeah, you no, know, I, I, I think maybe I'll take back a Tonight Show. What do you think? So, yeah, I, I, but I'm not like want to have a fist fight with him. Everything goes back to the fist fight. I don't love Jay Leno. You got it out of me, Allison. <laughs> you did get it out of me. But I really don't. It's not like I think about him like I think about Bill Maher. I mean, I really actively dislike Bill Maher. I don't feel that way about Leno. Does I'm, Bill Maher know? I think he pro- How could he not know? I mean, he must read his Twitter account sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do you know Do you know him in well, life? Uh, I have. I met him and I was on his show a couple of times. And the thing is, one thing is a recurring theme is the things that get me, a lot of times get me the most upset are things that I actually liked at one time. Mm-hmm. Like like Ricky Gervais is, uh, is uh, uh, impossible to watch. I used to love the original Office. Then he became such a... A jerk that he just uh, you can't stop thinking about him as a jerk. Uh, like uh, you know, I want to know how much is Netflix without Derek? <laughs> how much? Can I get a buck off each month? Well, with Gervais, because I I was I read some some of the things that you had said about him. Is the thing that or one of the things that bugs you most about him that he pretends he doesn't need as yeah. much that he, he pretends doesn't he doesn't care if he's he liked or not, but he so clearly does. He says, I don't care what people think. Half of his tweets are, I don't care what you think. What do I care if you think? Mm-hmm. But he obviously does care. Be honest about it. And the other thing is he's always like bragging about how many mansions he... The the worst thing he did, that was just so hilarious, you know, he advocates for animals, which is cool. He's for animal rights and everything. So he has a thing where he goes, the only kind of trophy hunt... This is the only kind of trophy hunting I believe in. And it's him in front of his awards. <laughs> so it's like... That's, yeah. And he loves these awards. If you're a comedian... You better pretend you don't love him that much. Mm-hmm. But he's like all about he's all about superficial, uh, outside in thing. Yeah, yeah. and he you know he, he's mean about people's weight. I, I can't stand any of that kind of. Mm-hmm. And he you know obviously maybe he wasn't as he's angry at himself because you always hear I'm too I've gained too much weight. So it's like it's such an obvious you hate yourself and now you want to hate others. So right. Is phoniness or disingenuousness like at the top of the list of things that you that set you off? Would you say or in show business? It, it, in show, well, maybe because the the type of comedy I do is where you I'm pointing out things that when I see this like everybody getting and I because I maybe I see it in myself like uh, I'll give you an example. There's a guy named Chris Eliza. I'm like a political junkie, right? And uh, I covered the Republican National Convention a couple times. I'm not going to drop my credits, but it was for Letterman. <laughs> so I see this guy, Chris Saliza. I don't really like him on on TV. He's just like mealy mouth. Mm-hmm. But I was so I had to restrain myself from going up to him going, big fan. Big fan. Because I've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's, I know his face. It's a celebrity. So I get how they're all, you know, there's a lot of ass-kissing and uh, lying to each other uh, when they're everyone's it's like oh we're all in the successful bubble now let's not screw it up I hate all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm the real thing, Allison. No, I get that. You know what You're I'm saying? Keeping it real. I'm keeping it real, You're and even and even if I'm I'm not, I will fake that I'm keeping it real. <laughs> Anybody who says that they keep it real Isn't has to be the most phony person in the world. Completely. You're kind of like a uh, more grumpy Holden Caulfield. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you get that all yeah, the time. Yeah, I get that. Not only do I get that all the time, but oh god, see, because I'm such a huge Lennon fan. That's all I can think of. That was the most biggest tragedy for me until my uh, until my dad died. But I mean, not really. But mm-hmm. actually, it was when when John Lennon died. I was like, oh my god, my whole world fell apart. And that's what the guy. I hate. I hate that he was reading Catcher in the Rye. But you know, we really can't let him. Book. We can't let him hijack that book. I. That book is still yeah. fantastic. Okay, thank you. Sorry, Mark David Chapman. You lose. <laughs> he is a listener. Why do all murderers have three names? Do they have three no, names? No, it's just or the way they do it. Or is it just that it we, to... we call them yes. by their middle name? Okay. If I do anything terrible, like rob a bank, see, I would only pick the most glamorous of terrible yeah, things. Yeah, right. If I was a bank robber. Anything terrible, like have sex with a ton of models. Yes, if I did <laughs> Yes, if I was caught for, because I was sleeping, but I would be. Pay- I wouldn't though. I'd be paying. That would be it. no one would. I wouldn't sleep with models. It would be mm-hmm. prostitutes. See how it'd be bad. Yeah. Then you would find out I was Andrew David Kindler. Andrew there David Kindler has frequented p- prostitutes. And then it'd be like another one with three names. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's it's, it's hard when you don't have a middle name. Like what? Imagine imagine if William Macy didn't have H unless he made it up. Right. Because William H. Macy, he's William H. Macy because there was a guy named Bill Macy, and he was on the show Maud. <laughs> How long were we all out for? <laughs> so back to state of the industry. Yes. Do you feel like yes. it gets... Old? Mis- no. <laughs> <laughs> misinterpreted sometimes. Because I was... When you read about what you say, it comes off, it has it potential to come off differently than when you actually listen to the way you're delivering it i've had every horrible thing happen uh, every horrible lesson that everyone learns hmm. the one the year that i learned the terrible lesson was i went at the, the year i went after louis and it was really a kind of thing where i know louis is really talented and i presented it that way and i even said i have my own personal issues with him as a friend and so the way it was presented is exactly how i wanted it to be mm-hmm. done but then what happened was I got interviewed about it right after it, and then people thought a lot of people thought that was the roast. So I sound like an idiot. It's yeah. like, well, you know what his problem is. And but during the speech, I presented with humor, mm-hmm. and so yes, and a couple of times, but it, a couple of times it wasn't my fault. It's like people were reporting on what they thought I said. And that wasn't what I said. People weren't even there. So I have figured out a way to prevent that from happening is I just, the last two years, it's been released immediately after. Uh, Sirius, I think, has done it both right, years. Yeah. So then it's like, I don't have to then be interviewed about it. But uh, a lot of, there's no more, I mean, there are some journalists, but mm-hmm. there's nothing that prevents these people from, like these websites that's, that, that, come up and they're they're not like a couple of these websites they hadn't seen the speech they were just were you gonna say they're not journalists well they're not journalists we know that but there's this one guy who wrote i mean I'm, he wrote for like gq and his name is drew maggery i don't know i had such a thing oh with yeah that i know guy. that name yeah so he he uh he writes like that uh he puts like the worst it's like on on, on uh gq online or esquire i don't know what the hell it is. i think it's gq online the worst things of the week. And I'm on there with that guy 
Ariel Castro or who's the guy? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. He I'm chained on the, women up. Right, I'm on the his his gripe with him was that they they allowed him to speak at mm-hmm. his sentencing or something. And then number two, Andy Kindler, and it was my stay of the industry, and he had talked about the one because I'm not taking advice from someone who does spot work on the Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> so here's the thing: this guy was so lazy. That yeah. he just couldn't fill out his list or whatever. And he was talking. He didn't even see the speech. He's talking about the speech from last year. Right. So that kind of thing got me enraged. Right. I, well, because I feel like it's not right to be misrepresented. It's not. Well, it's because yeah. I've had the experience of reading what you said and then listening and, like, and realizing you're making you know salient points, but it's delivered in a much more jovial way. Right. Well, and it's also- not. It's not this... It's not a rant. It's not a rant. But now the thing is, I have to, I mean, I'm, I'm the first one to say, like, you know, when it was with Louis, it was not, because I respect him. And I think he's doing, it's not like, but when I've accused people of racism, I am really accusing them of those things. Yeah. I'm saying what I'm saying is right. So uh, I, I, I'd be lying if I'm saying there's not more sting to it. Right. That's, yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you really are making these allegations, but it's not delivered in a, like, hectoring way. If it it's, was, if it was, well, like this last year where I read, like, the what I read literally, I was reading the things that Anthony Comilla had said yeah. uh, to this woman uh, when he said he wasn't being racist. Right. And so I'm doing this at the speech, and I'm going, why Why is this not getting a good reaction? I realize, well, I'm reading horrible things. <laughs> yeah, there was a yeah, there's no, in where, where I want the left to be. And that's actually a thing I've had to realize on the speech in general is as it gets more towards straight anger, mm-hmm. it's going to get less laughs. And then sometimes that's okay. But I try right. not to make it as strident because then right. no one laughs. I'm trying to do that online too. It's like it's better if I can say something funny about racists then and all oh, these people or the Muslim people than when I let them get to me, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> well, so uh, a minute ago I said it's not a rant, or or is it a rant? Actually, some of them are rants. There's always a part of every speech that is pure anger, mm-hmm. but it really depends on the on the uh, on the topic. Because I'm not going to get mad at, uh, like I say, at Louis or even at Jay Leno. There's not the same venom. People right. might think I really hate Leno. But it's not the same thing as when I'm talking about like uh, the Anthony Camilla thing, where I'm really or Bill Maher. I'm right. really mad about that. And in fact, I'll say this: like some people, I I can't stand like Dennis Miller and Bill Maher. I haven't really come up with that funny stuff on them. <laughs> uh, occasional things, but because I hate them so much, yeah. That uh, did you at one point like Bill Maher? I mean, yeah. De- I sorry, Dennis Miller as well. Uh, well, Dennis Miller's perfect example. Yeah, I think everyone did in the '90s. He did that black and white special, and then. But I'm also there is a pure joy in hearing someone so terrible like that. I really do love it. Like I listen to him on the way home in the car, and he's like on a right wing radio station, and he's doing commercials, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> Let's do Just Me or Everyone. This is a segment we do where people write in things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? And we tell them, and there's a song. (laughs) Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. (laughs) I like that song. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank um, Trap Dog, who makes the music, actually. And he did the theme song, too, He did, right? yes. All right, Trap Dog. 
Chloe Y says, just me or everyone, when approaching a rotating door, I let it spin two full times to pick up the rhythm so I don't get stuck stepping in. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I let it go two full times, but I definitely have to wait a beat. Same with an escalator. I think it's the worst invention ever. Yes. And I'm surprised that it doesn't decapitate you every time. Or I, take your foot off at the very least. I just, because I'm not very bright and, and people think I'm a genius, but, um, you know. <laughs> I actually have a line that I say, some, uh, some people say I'm a genius and some say I'm hugely talented. <laughs> but I, I, I realized when I was sitting inside of a restaurant next to the that the reason why they do it is because it kind of like keeps the cold air from right right i'm the last part i thought that was actually doing it so that the expression what is this a revolving door could be done maybe that came first and then they're like you know let's get one of those but i always thought it was to get the most people out the but i think it's more about keeping the weather weather. Yeah. yeah but that should mean that there's fewer of them out here on the west coast is are there a the lot case? of them there's not a lot of traffic circles out here, are there? I hate traffic circles. That's like New Jersey. Yes. I don't understand the benefit of them, and I'm always afraid that I'm going to get in an accident in them. I can't figure them out. Well, the reason why they have them is that in most cities, it's, like, it's some kind of like natural growth, like a rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my joke there, that it's constantly a circle around some kind of a, like a dinosaur bones. Right. So they have to. I say things are a joke, but then I don't actually supply the humor, I've noticed, sometimes. But sometimes the setup is enough. My setups are the best (laughs) in the business. (laughs) Okay, James L. Wilson says, Dear sports talk people, it's not asterisk or asterisk. It's asterisk, pronounced just as it's spelled. Yes, but that doesn't, is not something that bothers me. I don't think it was. Is is, is it that rampant? Enough for this guy to notice and write in about it. Yeah. I don't think, I guess that would, I'm not spelling and language things, although I do, when people don't say supremacist, like I think it's it's supremacy, it's white supremacy, and a lot of people say it's a white supremacist. Oh. Yeah. As so, opposed to supremacist. Yeah. They'll but they don't get that cis. angry about it. Yeah. It's not like they said asterisk. <laughs> All right. Willie Global says, I time my tweets for when I think they will be most likely to be read. East Co- hashtag East Coast, West Coast, hashtag this is a bad example. Um, no, I'm not like that. I really should. I should space out my tweets, but I don't have the patience. Uh, my wife makes the same allegation towards me. She says, well, why are you doing this? At- well, first of all, again, because I'm addicted to it. Why are you at two in the morning <laughs> with your brilliant philosophical tweet? But no, I can't think that way. I just don't. Uh- Every once in a while, I'll think, all right, I'm going to just. We're going to wait till prime time. What is prime Twitter time? 1 p.m.? I think 1 p.m. For some reason, that stands out in my head is like, that's the time. I think if you're, uh, it could be, but it could be anywhere from uh, like 10 in the morning till 9, 8 or 9 at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But the thing about Twitter that's kind of cool is you never know what's going to go, what, what people will retweet. Like right. I come up with stuff, I go, oh, I'm a genius. This will be, this will get me. Everything. This will answer all my problems, and then nobody likes it. Yeah, I remember Pete Holmes was on this show. This was the very first episode of this show, actually. And Pete Holmes was talking about a tweet where he, as soon as he sent it, he's like, here it comes. Yeah. (laughs) All the faves. And then there was just nothing. nothing. That's happened to me before, too. Um, And then, yeah, there'll be one that you don't, you know, if you just write hi, you'll get a bazillion. 
Twitter is a harsh mistress. It really is. It really is. James L. Wilson of the asterisk guy also says, when a drug ad disclaimer includes may cause suicidal thoughts, how is that a good ad? Well, well not, it's just legal. Yeah. They're not saying that the part where they go and may cause your kidney to turn into a liver. They're not claiming that's the part that's... Although I love in those uh, commercials, they have to do all these disclaimers. I love the what they're doing, why they're saying that. Like <laughs> they're, they're always frolicking. Yeah, they're always like on a sailboat. Mm-hmm. Your your skin will explode. Not really. It's not so bad. Those people are having ice cream. Right. While you're saying it, they're not experiencing sudden death. It must be Matt says. Wait, wait back to the whole disclaimer though. They all have ultimately the same disclaimer, right? It feels like it's all the same. Well, because they may cause because they there's a lot of side effects that are similar. Right. Okay. Dizziness, hysteria, Judaism may cause Judaism. <laughs> It must be Matt says, when I'm listening to music, I'll have a certain song in mind, but I just skip songs on shuffle until I find it. That seems really ineffective. It seems What's really... he doing? He's on shuffle. Yes, he's on shuffle, oh. but he has a certain song in his head and he'll just keep shuffling until yeah. he finds it. That just seems inefficient. That seems like, uh, yes. Unless he should... has a not very much music on his iPod. Or, right. Or, or he can't remember the song that he right. wants to hear. Right. <laughs> Marv Earthling says, just me or everyone, feel weird when I hear kids under 13 using profanity, even though I did it when I was their age. Yeah, I do have a thing. I feel like it's like I'm, beca- I, I'm not nimble around ages anymore. If I'm around little kids, I feel like I need to change. And if I'm like, I had Wink Martindale on the show and my husband makes fun of me because apparently at one point I said, oh my goodness, like I, my whole <laughs> vernacular changed because I was like, he's... You know, I have respect for him, and he's venerable, and he's been around, and I started speaking slightly differently. His first name is Wink, though. I know. You know saying, I mean, he, he's got a lot to answer for. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. That is weird. I don't see his... Well, I don't... I'm aware. I never care. I don't care what language people have, like it's going to offend me, but when people uh, use... Uh, when they just go f- curse, or whatever the word <laughs> is, just every other word just gets... I do get sometimes like I'll notice if someone is so uh, blue in their regular language, mm-hmm. it just seems odd to me. Yeah. But I'm not going to start a campaign like you are <laughs> with Jerry Falwell if he's still alive. But when you hear kids under 13 cursing? I think in general, I, I remember, but cursing was always a delicacy when I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. wait till the parents aren't here. Why should they? But I would never say, hey, what the fuck's going on, mom and dad? <laughs> That wasn't me. <clears throat> no, you were, your parents encouraged you to be nice. <laughs> you made it sound so terrible. <laughs> yeah, be nice, even if it's phony. <laughs> Dulcica17 says, in-ear, ear-specific headphone, headphones are annoying. Most of the time, put wrong side in on first attempt. See, I don't even think it matters, but I know what you mean. What do you mean? Like well, they have the wrong side in. They they mean like they put the right, if you the put right the, and the left and the yeah. left and the right. Sounds yeah. like they went. They, they put like the the cord in. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The plug does not go in. Angela McLeod says, "Hate filling windshield washer fluid because it doesn't all fit. I pour the rest in the squeegee holder or toss it. I never save it. I don't mean to sound sheltered, but I feel like I've never poured windshield windshield wiper fluid in my. Yeah, if you're doing things reservoir. right, you shouldn't have to. Allison. Okay, thank this you. This is something that 
It's a sign. My so. wife has never, she doesn't have to, my wife who does a million things, she loves that I fill the car up with gas and do all those type of things. I can't do anything real with the car. Don't, I, I don't, you'll never hear me say, let's put it up on blocks and see what's cooking. Right. What's cooking down there. <laughs> oh, you speak like a mechanic. I want to be, well, that's like, I want to be a doctor like that. Oh, Allison, I think you have a, a condition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with the car. I want to go, oh, here's your problem, Saul. <laughs> <laughs> that's who would come to you. Yeah. Huh. So you do all the car stuff in your marriage. I do things like uh, make sure the windshield wiper. The, but you know what? But that is a thing. In the old days, when I was in my teens and 20s, it seemed like I spent seven or eight hours a day putting in windshield wiper fluid. But now it feels like they don't. there's a lot in there or something, or you don't use it as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't done it in a long time. I If I have to go get antifreeze, oh, man, that's very... And they have to get like a paper cone thing. Yeah. People don't know how we suffer these days in America. No. First world problems. <laughs> I hate when people I say that. I know, it's that, the worst. That, oh. Especially on Twitter. I hate yes. when people on Twitter, anytime they say, why don't you tweet this? Or why aren't you doing this thing that I like? Because I'm not a, a puppet. Right. You're not is what there. I say to them. <laughs> uh, and finally, Cosmo Demonic says, fondue restaurants are too much work. Just me or everyone. I have never been to a fondue restaurant i have i would like to go to one fondue restaurants are not not work because they're what would be work is if you had to do the fondue at home yeah yeah but when you go there they unless you're getting very are you is this person maybe she goes to the kind of restaurant where they just give you like sterno and a block of cheese i think what she's saying is it demonics cosmo demonic cosmo cosmo (laughs) are you saying the actual dipping into the thing and eating is work because uh, a lot of food you have to take from the plate to your mouth. So what does it matter? I think it's easier to eat. Right. I think everything should be done fondue style, including pasta. So would you just have like a pot of sauce and you dip it in? I was hoping in? there wouldn't be a follow-up question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you you would have, yeah, it would be a, a, a pot of, of, of gurgling pasta. <laughs> Who doesn't love it? Are there fondue restaurants out uh, here? There are. There's one up in the valley the that melting, I went to. Is there something called like the melting pot? That's it. It's the one it on the like Ventura Boulevard. Yeah. I've been there. Is it? Do you, would you recommend it? I would, but come on. I feel like I've not... gone too many years on this earth to not have been to a fondue restaurant. I've never fondued. Yeah, I don't think it's okay, but you're not going to... And then the dessert one's always nice because it's chocolate I could, sauce. Yeah, I could get into that. I but think. you know, when we go, I don't go to a hula hoop rink either. You, are they the same hula hoop rinks? No, they and weren't actually. I don't go to ice skating. I have weak ankles. I think you can tell that by looking at me, Allison. I mean, uh, I'm not blown away by it, but I didn't know for sure. I, I, it's like it's like my ankles <laughs> must have been, at some point been meant to fold up and put in a compartment because <laughs> I can't. That's I, nice. You have portable ankles. I can't go one foot on the ice. I don't know how I was an NHL star. <laughs> when was the last time you skated? Because you know. My People understanding. Feel my career, I've skated. <laughs> oh, my I, understanding is that back in the day, um, the ice skates didn't have a lot of support, but now they oh, have a lot of support. Oh, well, maybe I could do it then. That's what I'm saying. Because now they're like day, plastic. Oh, okay. Well, they're all reinforced be, and stuff. You've actually made me actually think that I could try this again. At some I think point. you should. I've been this this unlike the crusade that I went on earlier. I can't even remember what it was about. That's how frequently I crusade. I don't know what it was, but. 
I actually have a crusade where I'm trying to get people to go ice skating with me. Very few takers. My husband is convinced he'll break something. He's never ice skated. Well, I, I mean, I, I think he's got a good point. I, I know, mean, I uh, do too. That's why uh, I have. And also, I don't even like the uh, the uh, the regular skating with the, roller skating. Yeah, I can't do. No, that. roller skating is. Oh, ice skating. Things more fly fun. out in all directions, yeah. like your legs and your back. Um, no, I think that it's much easier to control yourself on the ice. That's true. You just glide. I think I'm creaky. I think no, I think that bone. was me. Oh. I, I think that was uh, me. Now I'm creaky. Uh, I thought you were gonna have a buffet spread here, but. Uh, <laughs> No, well, if there's one thing people love, it's the sound of people eating on podcasts. They love it. They love it. They can't get enough. I have to admit, though, that there. Well, I think I was, I was maybe slightly. Excuse me. <laughs> that was definitely me. I think I. It, I'm doing that frog impression. Uh, I I have a memory of being somewhat uh, sexually excited by roller derby when I was a kid, watching those ladies. Is that wrong? I don't think that's wrong. And and even now when I see them, because <laughs> they've had comics who uh, have uh, emceed those events. Is that something you'd like to do? I like I like women uh, going in fast speeds around me. So then, are you also into women who run? I'm trying to. What are other I, every speed, kind of woman. women speed events? I, be, even though when you're married, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening to me? You'll cut all that out. When you're married, I find I'm still attracted to every woman in the world. I thought that would go away at some point. Huh. Luckily, I was never a player. Right. <laughs> you, get out. <laughs> yeah, I was never a good uh, come on guy. Like I told my wife, if I didn't marry her, I'd be in a clinic somewhere blind. <laughs> so really. I love the, all women. The, the attraction women. has not gone down at all now that you're. I mean, well, I, but that's what, that's what I hear doesn't happen. It just, you just keep looking. Always. I now. When I see women who are clearly 18 or 21, I am not attracted. It's like I see that But 19 or 20, yes. Well, if, you, if I don't know their age, you can't get arrested for that, right? Not, right. Not, <laughs> you know, I, it, but, no, but I think I'm changing that way. I think I am maturing. I don't, it used to be like I couldn't, couldn't go outside, I think. <laughs> I always, and I just like when I first came out to L.A., I lived in the South Bay. And I was like, oh, my God. Why am I here? So this is not for me. This is for a man who uh, has calves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but so, yes, I love women who work out. I love women who don't work out. I like a school marm. You like them all, it sounds like. But, but I do now realize that women, when they're younger, that it's not, it's not attractive. It's not, because you can kind That's of somehow. Good. It is good. It is good, yeah. <laughs> but I think men are really... There's something wrong with them, actually. Do you <laughs> talk to your wife about this? My wife knows that I'm uh, that I look around. I mean, it's like I mean, I'm not look around, look around, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, you she'll notice. say to me, she go, uh, "Easy, old man." She'll say that, <laughs> "Easy, grandpa." That kind of thing. <laughs> so no, we we uh, we are uh, we are we get along now better than we've ever gotten along. That's a good thing. That is a good thing because we had been we had been through relationships when we started going. We fought like. Uh, Cats and dogs for a few years, and then we didn't get married until like 10 years in or something like that. How did you stop fighting like cats and dogs? We just got through all that. I think men, I don't know, I always think like men have intimacy problems, but maybe everybody does. I think my wife had intimacy problems that were just different, mm-hmm. you know. Did you guys a, go to couples counseling or anything no, like that? No, I'm a perfect person in many ways. I'm like a dream come true. <laughs> I really so am. it must have been hard for her as just a mere very human hard. to it's adjust, very, right? Yes. How do I... How do I make this God 
<laughs> this uh, hunk happy. And that's been the, one of the things is like, I could have taken a lot of these Iron Man roles and uh-huh. Avenger things. That's right. not what I want to do. Well, then you'd get typecast, right? Exactly. Right. Many people think I'm too handsome to do comedy. Mm-hmm. How do you typically answer when that comes up? No, uh, well, I don't know. It's so ludicrous. I'm tired of making jokes about how I don't know. It's like I think women in general are have so much pressure about looks. Mm. I don't look, but I think they're men like this too. But I never look in the mirror and see anything really. I don't want things hanging out. I want to make sure all the hair. There's no hair. I don't want. To, I you know I see like older men with their hair, ear hair. I don't want. No, you you. And that's your wife's job is to make sure it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you're cool with it? Well, I want to look good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in a gym. Here's what I don't want to be in. I want to be in a gym that faces the street. That to me. Yes. Something odd about that. My husband and I were driving. We had a doctor's appointment. At, um, I'm trying to get pregnant. That's why I'm using this disgusting we language. We had a doctor's appointment <laughs> at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. And we drove down the street. And I, I kept being like, it's so, it feels really good to be up and out this early. And we drove uh, by a, a building and there were people running on treadmills. And I was like, who's working out at this time? And he was like, it's 9 o'clock. It's not that early. It's early. But 9 o'clock on a Saturday, to me, that is still early. Like That is a real, whoever is on a treadmill at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, it's proving something. They're in it to win it, and I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> right. What's the opposite of in it to win it? Because I like to be around those people. Yeah, just you, just hanging it, out. It's like you go to a, you know, if you want to have an activity, you go to a farmer's market. That's what you do on yeah. a Saturday morning. Right, and if you get there before it closes, then you're like, hey, I got, I made the most of the day. Yeah, you get the, and, and you have candy. But to go to a gym, I don't like gyms in general. They're, mm-hmm. they're not my scene. What is your scene? Like I, I will go for a run. I will. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm dying. I've never had this happen to me before. <laughs> I have such good manners, and yet I'm. Uh, I think ever since I talked about catching frogs, I've been croaking. <laughs> I, but I don't even like. I, I used to be a runner, and I don't like running anymore. I don't like. I mean, I like. I do like martial arts. Is the only thing I still like to do. And do you go to a? Is it? A I dojo? study private. I, it's a. It's a. It's Korean. It, it's a taekwondo. So it's. Mm. It's a. Uh, um, a dochang, and uh, but I study privately. Kind of. I used to go and play basketball all the time, but then I get hurt all the time. Because of your foldable ankles. Foldable ankles, and at some a, at some point in your life, you don't need to be like under a backboard, uh, rubbing up aggressively, trying to keep a guy out of your grill. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not in my house you know what i'm saying i do i, I do if i, I want to bang up against somebody it has to be by mistake like mm. i fell down an escalator <laughs> <laughs> well andy kindler it's i'm not been... a mountain climber I'm you're sorry. not no i used to have this joke where i showed my mom one of these 3d books and she looked at it and she goes you think this is good for your eyes that sums up my whole <laughs> Uh, what I was going to say was, it's been delightful having you on the show. This is. I hope I didn't go on too long. You did not. And I did too much. You know, this, you were perfect. Too serious. No, it was the perfect. It was perfect. Everything was perfect. I could have even gone for more serious. You gonna take out the all of my cro- folks? I don't know why I'm croaking. <laughs> it's not like I drank soda. I just think I'm. I don't know. Maybe I. I don't know what it is. But uh, I'm okay. I'm going to go from here to get some tests done. On the croaking. On the croaking. Find out. Yeah. 
I don't want to croak literally before I croak. No. I hope that's I think not it's... my closer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to croak before I croak. Good night, Cleveland. <laughs> this was really fun. This was and delightful. I am going to probably have a meal. Maybe that's what I should have. Maybe I haven't eaten enough today. Maybe that's the source of the croaking. <laughs> you guys... If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you're going to because they have everything, click through the banner on my website at alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. And I want to thank you so much for all of the amazing Amazon support. And also on my website on the right side, alisonrosen.com, there's PayPal links. Thank you for all the PayPal support. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You can get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. And you need this ringtone. It'll make your life so much cheerier. We also have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and much of the, or actually all of the departed Thursday gang. Uh, and those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. You can get those just by searching Allison Rosen in iTunes. Um, Andy, uh, tell people where they should go to find you and plug anything you want to plug. What day is this in real life? This is this. They will be listening to this on Monday. Oh, well, please go to Cedar Rapids. Who isn't going to everybody in Cedar Rapids? I'll be there next weekend at a club that I can't remember the name of. And then at the end of the month, I'm going up to uh, uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. And then April, I'm at Moon Tower. People could see these dates on my website if I kept it up to date. What you need to do is follow me at Andy Kindler and just hope that you come online when I'm promoting something. And then I'm supposed to have a CD come out. And I'm the voice of Mort on Bob's Burgers and things like that. That was and the weakest plugs. The, it was. I feel like it was good. And people should go to your website if for no other reason than to read the Hacks, Hacks, handbook. That's right. Hacks handbook, which is under, there's like a link that takes you to essentially miscellaneous. It's like right. all the other stuff. It's like all the above. Oh, yeah. and I do do a show once a month at Meltdown. Oh. It's called Andy Kindler's Particular Show. What goes on there? It's me hosting, and then I'm very particular about the comedians. <laughs> so everyone should go to that, everyone who's in L.A. Everyone's in L.A. once a month at Meltdown, which is a wonderful venue. Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at <clears throat> Allison Rosen. Excuse me. Now I have something in my throat. Follow the show's Twitter feed yeah. at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. You can email us, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F show at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Oh, wait. Real. Uh-oh. Papers. What am I saying? Now that the show's over, don't forget to go to naturebox.com and sign up to get your free sampler box of great tasting, wholesome snacks. Forget the vending machine and start snacking smarter with delicious treats like barbecue kettle kernels. Go to naturebox.com slash Allison. That's naturebox.com slash Allison. Okay, you guys. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Time, but now we gotta go.